And now, from the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and welcome to today's show, and uh, happy Halloween weekend wherever you are in the province. Uh, trying to f- still figure out your costume. you got to get something ready to get out there with the kids. Uh, in the meantime, we'll enter- entertain you with the show. You could listen to the show on a podcast while you're walking around if you had to. Um, we're going to start out today with Carmen D'Onofrio. He's the president of Style Brands. He gives us a mini masterclass on Sicily and explains why this region of Italy is uh, something we should all put on our list to visit and, of course, uh, to buy and taste the wines. Michael Alexander, winemaker at Summerhill Pyramid Winery, talks about the harvest in Kelowna, uh, what's still to be done, what's in the tank, how successful it's been, and then we have a quick uh, conversation about one of their sparkling wines that now ages in the neighborhood of 18 to 20 years. You won't want to miss that. Later in the show, David McBean, he's the new general manager of the Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz. He gives us a host of great ideas for the fall season in the South Okanagan and reveals a very touching story about some of the work they're doing behind the scenes with Ukraine. Uh, but up next, Alice Payard. She's the CEO and proprietor of Champagne House Bruno Payard. She joins us from Rennes in the heart of Champagne to take us through an amazing master class on one of the world's greatest sparkling wines, Champagne. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi, and we are ready to roll. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offers collectors a safe, inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. They are experts in the field with the knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. The Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing and refreshing stay on the Naramata bench. Relax on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the Therapy Vineyards wine shop. Book your room or order Therapy Vineyards award-winning wines and have them delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com. Because everyone needs a little therapy. The most exciting club in the Okanagan is Summerhill's Organic Wine Club. When you become a member, you'll receive 24 bottles per year of sommelier-curated organic wines. Enjoy preferred pricing and free delivery. Plus, members earn double gratitude points, which gives 20% of each order back in your pocket. Get insider information on Summerhill's new releases and special events. Enjoy the flavors of Summerhill. Join the Organic Wine Club at summerhill.bc.ca. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. 
From the Save On Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia, and happy Halloween. Shout out across the province on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, our first guest today is uh, Alice Payard. We are so happy to have her. She's the CEO and proprietor of Champagne Bruno Payard, and she's talking to us today from Rennes in the heart of Champagne. Alice, how are you? Bonjour, Anthony. Very well. And yourself? Uh, I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, really excited to be talking to someone in Champagne uh, at the moment. Maybe we'll we'll start with uh, 2022. I imagine the grapes have been picked. They have indeed, and in fact, they have been for a while because it has been a, an early harvest. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we started end of August, so we finished picking mid September, and it's almost been a month now. Yeah. For our listeners, I mean, you you generally pick early anyways because you you need that acidity. But uh, as as the earth warms up, I guess things have been changing. Yeah, in fact, it's well, I'd, I'd say three centuries ago, Champagne uh, had to pick up uh, the grapes late because it was so slow for the maturation to arrive. Mm-hmm. And now, obviously, the maturation is faster. And as you say, we also want to preserve the acidity. So we do pick up much earlier. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, because we have you, we're going to ask some simple questions. A lot of people uh, need a little background on Champagne. But uh, let's just start with the region itself. What's so special about Champagne in your mind? Ah, well, you know how we define terroir. Terroir is a... Uh, is three elements together, a ground, a climate, and people. And it's really this interaction between all of them. So if I had to pick one special element about the ground of Champagne, it would be chalk for me, which is the, the sure. very interesting part of Champagne, even, even if there are other grounds. Mm-hmm. And then the climate, which is obviously evolving, but it is, it is semi-continental, and that remains that tendency to have both a continental and a sea influence, and then the people, because I think in Champagne there has been a, a culture of seeking, um, innovating, uh, adapting for forever. Because because it is, it has not been a natural easy region for wine. You know, wine is, no. is supposed to be a Mediterranean thing, and Champagne is not exactly Mediterranean. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Our guest is Alice Payard. She's the CEO and proprietor of Champagne Bruno Payard. Let's let's talk a bit. We hear a lot about styles, house styles, and styles of Champagne. So, how would you describe the Bruno Payard style? Oh, yeah. I guess we hear about styles because the heart of the heart of the art of Champagne, if I can say, is this notion of creation, uh, blending. Of course, it started the vineyards by having you know the the, the perfect ground expression, but after that, there was this work of creation in the cellar, and to create something, you need a goal, you need an aim, you need something you you want to express and reach, and that that is probably why that notion of style comes very regularly in Champagne. In, in our case, it's really a, a work around the notion of of purity. By that, I mean feeling the direct connection with the ground, feeling the uh-huh. 
expression really of that chalky soil of champagne so we are always looking for a lot of, of precision our wines are often said like sizzled um, precise um, with this purity in hand but of course civilized and so by that it means giving them time giving them aging uh, right. so, so that so that they they, they, they are rich and open well, they're, they're fantastic wines. I mean, I'm, I'm always uh, enthralled by the minerality in your wines, the salinity, the, the saltiness, the, the freshness of the wines. I mean, these are some of the things that, that we buy champagne for, and at Payard, they have them uh, in spades. So let's talk about that, or let's talk about complexity and how these wines are made. And we'll start with the two. We've got two of the wines that are in the market here, the, the uh, Premier Cuvée. Let's start with that. We didn't mention grapes, so what kind of grapes go into the Premier Cuvée? And tell us a bit about this wine. Ah, oh, well, uh, with pleasure. Uh, complexity in Premier Cuvée is a, is a great theme because when you're with a wine like Premier Cuvée, you're with a wine of uh, assemblage by excellence, which by that I mean different years together. So that's the first way to bring complexity. In the bottle of, of Premier Cuvée, there are drops of 85 and a bit more of 86, and a bit more of 87, et cetera, et cetera, for 25 years. That's, wow. that's called the perpetual reserve, and that's something my father had started. And it's, 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 so it's, it's, it's very subtle, um, because that's our style, but, but it's very important in the complexity of the wine. And then mm. another way to bring complexity in Premier Cuvée is the diversity of the terroirs entering. There are right. more than 30 crus terroirs that each of them have a specific ground, a specific, specific orientation, um, the microclimate, and so they will obviously uh, bring different nuances. And of course, the last but not least element is the, differ- the type of grapes, as you mentioned. So mm-hmm. having different villages, by, of course, will mean we have different grapes as well, because each terroir is meant to carry a specific grape you know some places yeah. are meant for Pinot Noir and others are meant for Meunier and others are meant for Chardonnay uh, right. so in Premier, in, in Premier Cuvée there is a touch of Meunier 22% 32% of Chardonnay from Côte des Blancs and 45% of Pinot Noir mm-hmm. uh, well it's absolutely delicious and uh, a very versatile wine too but uh, I, I just love it uh, I love talking about the complexities in wine people want to always simplify wine but I always remind them that wine's a pretty complex thing uh, but if you let it come to you uh, you'll learn more about it as time goes on now uh, there's there's all the rage about Blanc de Blanc everybody loves to drink Blanc de Blanc now for its for its elegance what can you tell us about this Blanc de Blanc that you're making and and the specifics of you know where it comes from yes the, well, there are different territories again for Chardonnay and Champagne. So, you, as, as you know, Blanc de Blanc means made white wine made from white grapes. So, in Champagne, predominantly Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in our case, we focus specifically on Côte de Blanc. This is where the Grand Cru's are, and the reason we focus there is because that's where the ground is massive, Belémnet chalk, uh, and that is the interesting part of you know our. our ground is of uh, uh, animal origin. So it's uh, all the influence of the sea of 90 million years ago. Um, and, uh, and in this case, it's particularly two Grand Cru, which are Le Menil and Auger. So mm. we are looking to stick with the roots very deep in the chalk that 
salinity, um, that, that length, uh, that vibrancy in, in the wine. Uh, but that is the work in the vineyard. But to, to protect this in the cellar and to enhance this, uh, it's important to work only with the first pressing. That's what we do with all our wines, so also for the Blanc de Blanc Cru, only the first part of the juice, which is the purest one. And it's important to have low dosage, low level of sugar. Um, all our wines at Bonopaire for that are extra brut. It means they're below right. six grams. So really, you can feel the, 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 the wine. But to do that, you need to give them time. Huh? If you don't want to use too sh- sugar, you need to use time. Voilà. Sugar is a, is a cheap uh, uh, yep. um, uh, way to not use time. But, uh, well, voilà. let's, so it's and for, let's talk. for five years that you drink for Pum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to run out of time, but we, it, it, talking about time, so the Premier Cuvée, when we buy that, should we age it or can we age it? And, and then how long would we age the Blanc de Blanc? What, what's the difference between the two in the terms of that when we have it Hello. here? That's that's you can do that um, easily on the back level of each of our bottles is the disgorgement date. It tells you before that the wine aged with its lees in the bottle. Uh, right. It's what we call the auto lees, so it's a certain enrichment of the wine. After that, it has no more lees in the bottle, so it starts a different life, a different aging. And any beautifully made champagne, which is well kept has a wonderful aging potential after disgorgement. I know mm. it's not repeated enough, and that's something we've, uh, my father always spoke about and I have worked about for 15 years, you know, and, and showing it. But um, So if, if you like it in its, in its fruit first uh, aromas, then you should drink it in the two, three years after it's disgorged. But if you enjoy going toward more flower notes or then more spicy notes or more torrefaction notes, etc. You can wait 6, 9, 10, 12 years after this courtroom. The wine yeah. is alive and it's of course you need to have a correct cellar um, but it's a, it's, it's a wonderful adventure at a in fact you take a bottle of Premier Cuvée you forget it in a good cellar for 5, 8 or 10 years, you, you serve it to anyone, it will tell you it's a special vintage or you know it's, sure. uh, it, it's wonderful. Yes, and uh, you make a great point about the disgorgement date. So on the back of the the Premier Cuvée, this one says December 2019, so you know when it was uh, wow, first, first brought off the that's, uh, Yeah. In fact, that's wonderful. I love it with, when it's beast almost three years after disgorgement. Now it has opened its wings very much. We yeah. ship it after a minimum of six months extra edge after disgorgement, in addition to the three years on the lease before, of course. And yeah. so when we sh- at six months it's it's um, it's much tighter. It's closer to a kind of a blade, very dominated with the citrus. The Chardonnay expresses more. Mm-hmm. Where you are now, it's it's uh, it's rounder. It has opened its wings a little bit. It has started to show and feel the complexity of the reserve wines and the multi layers it had. We're almost out of time, Alice. A uh, lot of lot of talk about wine glasses. What do you serve your champagne, and what should we drink it out of? What shape glass is the best today? Ha! Huh. It uh, uh, it needs a spheric uh, content uh, to be to be to be able to really fully open. Yeah. But I, I uh, it it needs also uh, um, you know uh, like a tulip shape a little rounder uh, is yeah. is ideal i like the v shape in the bottom because we want to give aeration to the wine yes but champagne is a wine yes i mean uh, we've 
demonstrated that well for 40 years with Bruno Payard, but still we need this effervescence. It is wonderful. It has a role to play in the aeration of the aromas and on the texture of the palate. So I'm not uh, going, I, I don't like to go extreme on a, a, a glass that doesn't res- respect the effervescence at all. I think it's a bit of a pity. So right. we, the ideal is, it would be the combination between the burgundy glass and the, and the tulip shape in a way, keeping the V shape in the bottom opening in the middle widely and with a slight concentration on top. That's Not tough. too much ch- uh, chimney glasses. I think they, they can be sometimes a bit uh, um, too uh, too hard on the wine, a bit too closing the wine. Yeah. Alice, uh, such a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I hope we'll be able to catch up with you when you're in Vancouver or when I'm in Champagne. But for our listeners, I think oh. they've had a lovely, a lovely short master class today in Champagne and they should run out and get a <laughs> bottle uh, for the weekend. Thanks so much. Thank you, Anthony. It was a great pleasure. Have a great day. Uh, you too. That was Alice Payard. She's the CEO and proprietor of Champagne Bruno Payard. Still to come, Carmen D'Onofrio Jr. He's up with a look at the wines of Sicily. Hey, our show is available weekly on 20 radio stations across British Columbia and, of course, on demand on all the major podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. This is BC Food & Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food & Wine Radio Network. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Gentle hills and secluded valleys, an ideal climate, and modern vineyard management. These are the foundations used to create Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. Made with the same grapes and care that go into their award-winning regular Rieslings, Einzweiss Zero captures the important natural aromas and remarkable properties of the terroir while still being refreshing, delicious, and absolutely alcohol-free. Einzweiss Zero Sparkling Riesling from Lights. For details, visit softcrush.ca. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination? The Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From our Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters! If you're all alone, pick up the phone. 
Hello, British Columbia, wherever you are listening across the province or worldwide on our podcast. Uh, shout out to our listeners in Ontario, Columbus, Ohio, and Frankfurt, Germany today. Uh, they come from all over. And they're going to listen to our next guest, who's Carmen D'Onofrio, Jr. He's the president of Style Brands, a uh, local distributor here in Vancouver and across Western Canada. Uh, he's Italian, and we're going to talk Sicily. Carmen, how are you? I'm good, Anthony. How are you? I'm really uh, well. Uh, this week we released a bunch of information on Gismondi on Wine on Sicily, and I thought it would be kind of fun to talk to you about uh, about the wines of Sicily because, in fact, they're not as famous as Tuscany or Piedmont or Bordeaux, but uh, they're coming on. How, how would you describe the wines of Sicily? Well, I, I think um, I think um, Sicily is, is is a region. Actually, in, in some ways, Sicily is a country uh, on its own. <laughs> it, it, it provides so much diversity. You know, just look at their their their, their cuisine. Whether it's uh, seafood from the ocean, it's an island, obviously, uh, mm-hmm. from the Mediterranean, or their hills. You know, they're surrounded with with game and, and and meats, and and they and they cover everything. You know, you've got fresh, crisp white wines to. To, um, uh, big, powerful, narrow davolas and, and red wines that are meant for aging. Yeah, eleg- elegant wines from Etna. You know, so they they kind of they, they 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 cross over a lot of different uh, spectrums. Yeah, well, we're going to talk about a couple of wines today. Uh, some of the great varieties, like you mentioned, narrow davola. Uh, there's Norello Mascalese, if I'm saying that correctly. Frappato, uh, Norello Capit. Cappuccino, one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Uh, is it hard to sell wines with names like that? Like, how do you sell Sicilian wine? Well, I think you have to sell Sicilian wine with um, um, the taste. Rather than, say, the, the varietal, it's not a Cabernet, it's not a Merlot, like you said. These are unique right. indigenous varietals that people don't know or don't know how to pronounce but yep. they provide unbelievable value unbelievable quality and i think it's more about understanding the the, the region understanding um the sub-regions understanding the winery understanding uh the style of the wines i think that yeah, the producer more important. and the producer yeah the winery yeah. i think that's much much more important i think that'll give confidence to the consumer when they when they look for sicilian wine sure. i think that that's going to end up defining sicily in some ways and I think that's actually uh, a benefit for them. Kind of that's how Piedmont, the Veneto, Tuscany were. Was it was about the region, and I think that's what's going to Sicily is going to drive Sicily. Yeah, our guest is Carmen D'Onofrio, uh, style wines in Vancouver. Uh, Carmen, let's let's talk about uh, the brand too. Like Cusimano uh, is a wine people may know this wine by its dramatic red label in BC. What what? How would you describe the wine and, and the producer and what? what you know the story of that wine and why people might want to rush out and get it. Well, I think that wine is a, a wine that um, is unbelievably priced. It's it's a wine that delivers in all aspects, whether it's something that you want to just drink on its own, something that you want to have with a plate of pasta or or yeah. light light fare, or something that you you want to enjoy with friends. It's it's a it's a wine that always um, uh, delivers for the consumer at that particular moment. I always I always. Um, look for, and I always think is really important when you promote or talk about a wine. It's drinkability. Yeah, it's a wine that has unbelievable drinkability. It's kind of a rich. You want to have another glass? Yeah, a rich, soft red wine. Uh, what would the Italians have with this? Oh, you have um, tomato paste pa- uh, 
uh, pasta dishes. You'd have some, you know, chicken or or, or roasted meats, uh, barbecued yeah. meats. It, it, it'd go great with with any of that. Some hard, you know, cheeses or seasonal cheeses. It it, it would go extremely well with all that. It even would go well with a, a little bit of a chill. You know, um, it's a wine that you can even drink a little bit fresh. Yeah, one of the biggest stories about Sicily is Mount Etna. Uh, and there's been a, a huge uh, interest in what's going on there. How would you describe this area, and why are the wines there? And what what are you doing there? What have you got to offer from from that? Well, we've got we've got a few producers that we work with. Uh, Federico Graziani, for example, who's a famous sommelier who opened up a, a winery about ten years ago. In Etna, uh, we were with Cusimano, who also has a, a winery in in Etna called Altamora, which is making fabulous wines. And uh, mm. we work with a, a wonderful producer in Piedmont called Giovanni Rosso. And oh. Davide Rosso, the winemaker, fell in love with Etna when he went there a number of years ago and built a winery in Etna. And I wow. think, uh, yeah, and what I think Etna does is it, it where that that uh, elegance was missing, let's say, in Sicilian wines. Uh, mm-hmm. Many many years ago, uh, Edna gives them that elegance. Uh, Edna gives them that um, that um, um, feeling of 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 this is not just a big powerful red wine region. This is not just a white wine region to go with seafood. This is a, a wine region, and especially sub region. If you look at Edna, that is making world class wines that that you know the wine critics and and the industry and you know all us wine geeks talk about. Yeah. Volcanic and, and, and ash. Special. Yeah, it's special. Yeah. It's a special place. It's it also is a place where the volcano is still active. Mm-hmm. I imagine that that adds some excitement to everyday uh, working there. I, I imagine and visiting. So. <laughs> you don't know when it's going to end. Uh, hopefully it never does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, it, I think do you sense like a, a growth in Sicilian wines or in in what's happening in this marketplace or in western Canada? I do. I, I think I think Sicily is w- one of those regions. Uh, a few, you know, in the early 2000s, came out with a bang, and then it's kind of waned a little bit. I wanna, yeah. But now you see the last three, four years, this this reemergence, this renaissance again in Sicilian wines, and mm. uh, they've got unbelievable producers. They've got an influx of young. Uh, dynamic producers that are that are saying up. I, I gave an example there of Federico Graziani, but that are are pushing the boundaries. You'll see an influx of Piedmont producers. I mean, they love Etna. It, it reminds them of Barolo and Nebbiolo with Norello Mascalese. So you have you have this world class winemaking. Um, identity philosophy region that's that's storming the island and what it's done is pushing the boundaries so i i see sicily over the next um five ten years really growing um exponentially and i think the wines with their versatility and like i said earlier it covers so many different gambits of stylistically and food and and uh, moments of a day that i think sicily is well positioned Okay, here's a question I get all the time, every day, 12 hours a day, uh, 24 hours a day, and, and the question's simple but hard. Well, where can I buy these wines? Like, if we're thinking Sicily, do we go, do we go to government stores? Do we go to private stores? Well, how do we get our hands on some of these wines? Well, uh, you go. You can go to um, government stores. Go to um, obviously the signature stores will have a much better selection of uh, yep. the Sicilian wines. And then I would look for your boutique um, um, local uh, wine shop. They mm-hmm. they kind of you know they like they like 
um, uh, finding new discoveries, and they like they like uh, educating their 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 customers. I would I would look at, at some um, unique, especially wine shops, and um, you know in Vancouver we're fortunate we have a lot. Uh, in Alberta there's a lot. The Okanagan um, that are really doing um, a, a good job in increasing their selection of Sicilian wines, or yeah. two find out who the importer is, who the agent is, contact. Sure. And, yeah. then, and what we can do is we can re- recommend wines that sometimes that are only available at restaurants or only available at a few stores or that are limited in quantity, and we'd be happy to get them to the consumer because sure. in the end, you know, it gives us joy. Yeah, Carmen, uh, well, why don't you give out uh, the, the, your site where people can go and look up some of these wines uh, if they want more information uh, about what you're carrying at Style Wines? Sure. Our website is uh, www.stylebrands.com, and style is spelled S-T-I-L-E, brands.com. Yeah. Uh, Carmen, always great to catch up with you, uh, the unofficial mayor of Commercial Drive. I hope everything's going uh, well down on the drive. Yeah. Uh, coffee well. shops are still open. <laughs> yes, they are, and they're growing. <laughs> there's more and more. Seems and like they're growing. Ending, yeah, a lineup of coffee shops, which is great. Someone asked me when you were going to be the mayor of Vancouver, and I said, well, maybe next time around. He's pretty busy right now selling wine. Yeah, I'm pretty busy right now. My kids are here. I've got to get the support of my wife, and then I'll, uh, and then I'll uh, run for mayor. <laughs> Carmen, good, good luck with the big run up to the holidays. I know you'll be busy stocking stores and uh, getting stuff on the shelves, but it was great to catch up with you today. Thanks, Anthony. I appreciate it. All the best. Now, that was Carmen D'Onofrio. Uh, he's the president of Style Brands, a local wine distributor here in Vancouver and across Western Canada. Hey, there's plenty more to come. Up next, uh, we're going back up to the Okanagan Valley. Remember Kelowna, Michael Alexander, winemaker for Summerhill Pyramid Winery. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. I'm Anthony Gismondi. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi. Attention winers and diners. Happy Hour at the Modest Butcher is back. Stop in for $5 wine, beer, and savings on craft cocktails and tasty bites every day from 2 till 5 p.m. during Modest Happy Hour. But wait, there's more. Tommy and Tannen Tuesdays are also making a comeback. Get your first bottle of select Mount Boucherie wine for just 5 bucks when you order their juicy tomahawk ribeye with all the fixings every Tuesday night. The Modest Butcher at Mount Boucherie Estate Winery. ModestButcher.com. Take a break from the hustle and bustle of the big city and relax in the beautiful and peaceful South Okanagan. Enjoy fantastic wine and culinary offerings throughout the region, including 180 of BC's finest wineries. From Summerland's Bottleneck Drive to the Naramata Bench to Okanagan Falls and Skaha Lake's Heart of Wine Country, down to Oliver Asuyus Wine Country. For community information, wine regions, and more trip inspiration, visit SouthOkanagan.com. It's time to create new memories in the South Okanagan you remember. Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines 
with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. From the Save on Foods Wines of British Columbia Studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. Hello, British Columbia. Welcome to listeners in Golden, Revenstoke, uh, Terrace, and wherever the werewolves live at night. Uh, our next guest is Michael Alexander. He is a winemaker at Summerhill Pyramid Winery, the winemaker, actually. And he's, uh, he, he, I think he's wrapping up his harvest in 2022, which has to be a great feeling. Michael, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. A little sleep deprived, but uh, doing well. Thank you for having yeah. me. Yeah, I was worried about getting your time, but so you tell me you're almost done. And today, what are you doing today? You're not, you're not crushing, but you're checking grapes, or tell us what your life has been like for the last uh, two months. It's uh, it's been a lot of time at the winery. Um, I hit the road a couple days a week just to see how the fruit's doing, and then mm-hmm. uh, once it comes in, it's working with the team to to get it where it needs to go so uh, i basically live in on the crush pad and in my car <laughs> and in your car uh well it looked like a pretty iffy vintage in the middle of august with timing uh things have changed i hear it uh it was a little uh interesting at the beginning we had uh, that cold snap in january and rain at the start of the season but um September and October have been absolutely stunning. I can't remember a vintage that the fall was this beautiful. So it has more than made up for for the wet start. And um, there's absolutely Mm -hmm. stunning fruit coming in. And I'm really excited for the wines that are going to come. And, of course, you're doing a lot of biodynamic growing. Has that been aided with the the weather changes? Or does that help or hinder? Or is is it equal? I think uh, I think vintages like this one, um, where it is so wet, um, shows the real value in organic and biodynamic viticulture. Yeah. Um, with the with the spray programs that we use and the uh, the time we spend in the vineyard, everything's come in super clean, um, and our biodynamic vineyard is as pretty as it's ever been. Hmm. Well, uh, Michael, you're known for many things at at Summerhill. Uh, one of them is sparkling wine. So I thought we'd talk today a little bit about the lineup uh, in general, and then we're going to move on to uh, a wine that's just been released. So how is the sparkling wine program now sort of shaped at, at uh, Summerhill? Uh, we uh, we kind of have three different tiers right now. Um, so we've got our Brut and our Brut Rosé, which are non-vintage, um, kind of great everyday sparklers, really fruit-forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do our uh, our Blanc de Noir and our Blanc de Blanc. Unfortunately, our Blanc de Noir is sold out right now, where the wine spend six, eight, ten years on the leaves. Um, and then we do a really long age program. So we've got yeah. our Ario and our 2004 traditional Cuvée, where the wine spend 18, 19, 20 years on the leaves uh, before release. Wow. So the the current release in the Sipes traditional cuvee, uh, the current one or the one coming out right now is the two thousand and four. It is correct, yeah. Any idea? Can you refresh us on that vintage? Uh, were you even born then? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I definitely wasn't uh, making wine or drinking at that point in my life, but uh, from what I've heard, it was a, a nice vintage. Got a little bit cooler in the fall, so 
um, kept some beautiful acid that uh, that really kept the wine going for the 17 years that it's been in the bottle. Yeah. And, uh, well, tell us about the wine. What are the grapes that are in this wine? Uh, so it's a blend of uh, Pinot Noir, Pinot Meunier, and Chardonnay. Um, okay. Most of it is a state fruit, um, so right on site. And then we work with a grower down in Oliver at the Park Hill Vineyard, the Buchler family, uh, and some of the Chardonnay came from there. So um, really get that freshness from up north and then a little bit of that uh, extra structure from the Chardonnay out. Mm-hmm. And is it mostly Chardonnay, or is it equal amounts? Or uh, it's predominantly uh, Pinot Noir, and then a little bit of Meunier, and then Chard. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that sounds pretty interesting. So th- this wine has just been released. It's a 2004 Sipes Traditional Cuvée. It's eighty-five dollars a bottle. It's in stock. I, I, I imagine uh, you buy it direct from the winery. Is that correct, or is it out in the correct, marketplace? Yeah. There's uh, a few select liquor stores that carry it, uh, but the best option is definitely to order it right from the winery. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, mentioning this wine, you're still you're making this wine now. Is that correct? Like you'll be making uh, like uh, what was the first vintage you got involved in that that with this long aging? Uh, the first one that I was a part of was the 2015. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll lay it down probably till um, well 20 years, 2035. Um, so hopefully the latter part of my career, I'll get to uh, work on it again and make the dosage and release it. So I guess the question for the consumer, the person who's buying this wine is what, what are they getting with this extra age? What's happening inside the bottle that, that, that says, you know, has led you to, to age it so long? Um, we, we found that, um, there's this really rich complexity that comes from the, the super long aging, um, Mm -hmm. But as we age longer, uh, we get more of that autolysis. And then somewhere kind of 15 years on, that autolysis almost turns to the tsunami note. Right. And the body really builds and then the complexity and the richness. So a lot of that fresh fruit drops off and we get um, more kind of tertiary flavors. But we also get an autolysis and a richness that uh, only time gives us. Yeah. It's not something people talk much about because, I mean, most people would think, well, red wine, okay, 10, 15 years, I can do it. White wine uh, lasting that long, but, but I, I assume that uh, it's what's inside the bottle that keeps this wine going. Absolutely. I mean, the acidity of sparkling ages beautifully. Um, I think people often think of sparkling as a, a celebratory wine that, you know, they open on special occasions, you buy it that morning, you drink it that night. But yeah. um, traditional sparkling with beautiful acid, really ages for a long time. Um, you know, even something like our Sipes Brut or our Brut Rosé can easily lay down for seven, eight years. Um, mm. And something like this Trad Cuvée, just, it needed the, the 17, 18 years to come into its own. Sure. Our guest is Michael Alexander. He's a winemaker at Summerhill Pyramid Winery. Uh, we've been talking about the Sipes Traditional Cuvée uh, 2004, $85, which sounds like quite a bargain considering that you've been aging it uh, for nearly 20 years at the winery, and that means that one, not, not only does it mean it's ready to go when you buy it, but also it's been aged at the right temperature in the right uh, conditions so that the wine is, is pristine when you open the bottle. That's kind of a nice thing for consumers, especially people who are young consumers who, who don't taste old wine. Yeah, it's nice to be able to share um, something with some age to it and let uh, people who are are into wine and interested in wine, see what happens when wine ages. Um, mm-hmm. There's that old joke that uh, the people who can afford the wines don't have the time to age them, and the people who have time to age them can't afford them. <laughs> um, and so it's been nice to 
to create something that uh, is approachable. Again, it's not an inexpensive bottle, but for 20 years of age, for $85, we thought was a, a great way to introduce people to, to old bubble wow. and old wines. You, you should be writing, Michael. That's a great quote. We'll have to make sure we get that one out. Uh, okay, I know, I, I know you're busy, but in the last couple of minutes, so what's happening right now at Summerhill? You're open, you have visitors, or what? Do people need, uh, it's post-pandemic, or I don't know what we're at, but do they need resos? How's it all working at the winery at the moment? Uh, the wine shop is open seven days a week, uh, so come on down anytime. Okay. Uh, the bistro is uh, is closed on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so Thursday to Monday. Um, reservations are always recommended, but uh, sure. this time of year we uh, we more than welcome walk-ins. Um, you know, if you're in Kelowna, it's worth coming up. I think we've got one of the most beautiful views in the entire Okanagan, um, and the the bistro program these days is is really quite stunning. Wow. And uh, maybe they'll even see you in a couple of weeks, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, hanging around the winery. Yes, I think uh, in a few weeks when I've caught up on sleep, I'll uh, I'll look a little fresher and um, be enjoying the bistro and a glass of wine to celebrate. Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, everybody uh, has this sigh of relief that the harvest is over, but there's a pile of work that has to be done now, I imagine, too, to, to uh, turn these grapes into wine and look after them for the next, uh, you know, 18 months, some of them before they get into bottle and they're resting. For sure. The, uh, the crazy hours end, but, uh, we still got to press off the reds. Um, there's racking, filtering, stabilizing. So the, uh, Mm -hmm. the work doesn't finish, but, uh, we got our weekends back and, uh, the odd evening. So, um, once it's all in, we can take a deep breath and, uh, and start the next step. Michael, great pleasure catching up with you and uh, getting just a bit of your time uh, during the end of this 2022 harvest. Uh, please say hello to the Sipes family. You're in East Kelowna or West Kelowna now? East Kelowna, is yeah. Next time up, we'll talk about the new designations for wines in Kelowna. Absolutely, the, uh, the South Kelowna Slopes, but we'll save that for our next conversation. South Kelowna Slopes, there you go. Thanks, Michael. Have a great uh, end to the harvest. Keep well. Yeah, thank you very much. Have a uh, wonderful day. Thanks, Tony. That was Michael Alexander, winemaker, Summerhill Pyramid Winery. Still to come, David McBean, General Manager, Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyos. He'll join us to talk about the fall and uh, winter activities that he's planning and uh, how he expects to take the Watermark Resort to the next level. On the radio or on all the major podcast platforms, this is BC Food and Wine Radio, and I'm Anthony Gismondi. There's lots more still ahead. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. It's the most colorful time of the year, and the same goes for wine. At Save On Foods, fall means a shift to deep reds and fuller-bodied whites. Discover more than 1,300 BC VQA wines all in one place. And right now, pick up any four bottles at Save On Foods and get 10% off your purchase because nothing pairs with the cool air quite like a fantastic local vino. Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods with 22 locations. Find yours at saveonfoods.com. Penticton, the hub of the South Okanagan, a place to relax, take your time, enjoy our beautiful fall weather and a world-class wine and culinary scene. With over 80 wineries within a 20-minute drive, along with distilleries and cideries, eight local craft breweries and a fantastic variety of locally sourced restaurants, Penticton is the perfect destination for a peaceful fall getaway. For details on wineries, tours, tasting room and restaurant hours, and for even more trip inspiration, head to visitpenticton.com. Today's real estate landscape is fast-paced and complex. 
Now more than ever, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's vital to work with a professional real estate company like Remax. Lean into their experience, local market knowledge, and connections. They are your market experts and are excited to help you make your dreams a reality. The right agents for today's market are at Remax with offices in Summerland, Penticton, and Asuyus. Call or visit them at YourSouthOkanaganHome.com. Take your wine appreciation to the next level and become a rebel. Welcome to the Rebel Club at Liber Farm and Winery. As a Rebel member, you'll enjoy a regular shipment of exemplary Liber wines for your cellar, along with complimentary tastings and VIP treatment at the winery and more. And with the ease and convenience of online ordering, your wine will be shipped straight to your door. Discover more at LiberFarm.com. Simply great wines. From our Save-On Foods Wines of British Columbia studios, it's BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony Gismondi. He did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard Hello, smash. British Columbia. On this uh, Halloween weekend, uh, we're back. And our guest is David McBean. Uh, it's our first chance to talk to him. He's the new general manager of the Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyuz. David, how are you today? I am fantastic. How's the radio business? Uh, it's pretty good, uh, and the wine business is even better at the moment, uh, and, which is why I want to talk to you. But let, let's start with, with this incredible fall season. Uh, you know, I wanted to talk to you about the fall, but it didn't really get here till now. So uh, how, how did it go in, in September and October? Busier than expected. Everyone took advantage of this beautiful late summer that we had uh, mm-hmm. right up until about two, three days ago, it was quite nice out. The wineries were still open. People were still out on the patios, still seeing people walking around in shorts and T-shirts. It's, uh, even now, we're still much nicer weather than uh, some of our friends in the provinces east of us that have already seen a few inches of snow come and hit the ground. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we can always wait for the snow. I guess the skiers would like it, but I, I can wait just a bit more. Uh, one of the things that we normally talk about, and, I, and we are now, is is what happens now because, uh, you know, since the pandemic, things have changed quite a bit, and I'm wondering whether we'll see whether you're preparing to see a lot of people over the the late fall and winter this year. We are expecting to see the long term stay clientele that we have every winter. Mm-hmm. We see people that repeat four-month stays, five-month stays over the winter time, come back year after year after year, looking for an area where the temperature is much nicer, much more mild than a lot of the other parts of Canada. So the the town actually stays relatively busy. There's still people walking around. There's still people in the restaurants. It's regular guests, and they've, they've kind of created a community of, of people that they know, home away from home here in Asoyas uh, over yeah. the years. And we're, we're going to keep seeing that. Yeah, that that's kind of cool. So in, in some ways, uh, the watermark is kind of at the center of that. that you have uh, like a little town staying staying on your property. Have you been, like, do you work with the wineries then? And, and, and the wineries will be welcoming these people over the wintertime? They'll be open special days? Or how, how will that work? There is a long list of wineries that remain open year-round. Right. Also, even some that take vacation, they'll sometimes kind of plan it out and you'll see, you know, this few here might close for this month and this few here will close for that month instead. So there's always a bunch of options, at least 
25, 30 wineries will be open at the minimum on a daily basis. And let's be honest, 30 wineries, that's, that's, that's a big uh, week of wine tasting. <laughs> so there's, there's, I thought you were going to say a big day there for a minute. <laughs> It would be a very big day, (laughs) but uh, so there's still lots of options for people who want to get out there and, you know, taste some world-class wines here in in the South Okanagan. Yeah. Yeah. And just as far as, you know, people here with that community, um, it's the advantage of having a condo property, rooms with full kitchens that we can welcome people here for a longer period of time rather than uh, just a hotel. Exactly. Our guest is David McBean. He's the general manager at the Watermark Beach Resort in Soyuz. Uh, David, you, you've got a lot of, uh, uh, you have a long history of work in, uh, in the hotel business, the hospitality business. Uh, you're gonna, you're new to the watermark. Uh, what do you see as your role and what, wh- how do you see the, the, the hotel moving forward? What are some of your goals? Well, we know that the Asoyas market's been getting busier. Uh, with the pandemic, it got a lot of people to, explore parts of Canada that they hadn't explored before. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking at some of the uh, E-Star reports, um, Asoyas o- over the pandemic actually increased in business uh, versus decreased. So higher occupancies and now more people are aware that it's here and it's a busier resort and it, we're just seeing a, uh, more people each year, even over the last three, four years. It's uh, getting the resort ready to deal with those volumes and deal with a more world-class clientele that is starting to really discover the South Okanagan. We're seeing right. great articles about the, the Okanagan being one of the world's most underrated wine regions in a few different uh, really well-known publications out there. And we're so as far as being, you know, a small, quiet uh, little you know, town in in the desert, it's actually really becoming a, a really more, more so known as a really well-known um, place to really experience food and wine. And mm-hmm. so to get the resort ready with you know, a lot of the renovations that we're doing to be able to meet the expectations of that kind of clientele is really the big project and focus that we're working on um, uh, through the season to have it ready for the next wow. peak uh, summer season. How, I mean, how how will, what what are some of the things that you're thinking about for food and wine in terms of these rentals well, or expansion? So we had done the restaurant. We had done a renovation yep. there, and that's been very, very, very successful. And really, with the team that's um, been in there from uh, Richard Penny, our food and beverage manager, Jordan Shoemaker, restaurant manager, uh, Nick Atkins, uh, our executive chef, it is really just turned that around so we're looking to build on that uh we've heard loud and clear from uh, our guests and people in the area that they want to see um an expansion in the availability of the restaurant we were doing a weekend brunch Uh, we're going to start doing that uh, seven days a week um very very soon probably in the next couple of weeks so uh, the restaurant will be available throughout the day all day all week um just just by popular demand Mm-hmm. And also we're working on, um, specifically in the restaurant, getting the patio uh, properly heated and so it can be used uh, year-round. Um, keep that beautiful lake view that we have yeah. and uh, increase oh, the number be great. of in that restaurant. Oh, it'll mm-hmm. be fantastic. It, it, it looks great out there. So we're just finalizing those last little pieces there and uh, we'll be able to 
move our restaurant from about 34 seats to a little over 100 seats year-round. So that's exciting. That and really uh, food great. and beverage in a resort, it's also yep. banquets. Yeah. So we're in the process of renovating our ballroom. We have a very talented designer that uh, we've been working with on a brand new color scheme style and feel mm-hmm. for the ballroom area and you know partnered with uh, some of us with uh, some of the hotel background on getting the proper audio visual and making it functional for meetings and 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 things like that and so from a wedding perspective and you know meeting perspective and and that kind of food and beverage as well there's going to be some very big changes that will be done really around the new year to be honest that's fantastic and and uh, well i know your challenge obviously at the moment like many is is to have the the staff uh what do you think the future is will you be training more staff yourself than trying to locate them or how, how do you see the employee of the future for hotels so i i'm personally of the opinion that there's just not enough people in canada to do all the jobs that we need to be done regardless right. of what industry you're in so uh, we've been um, working on uh, our uh, foreign worker program um, with taking advantage of some of the really uh, great, well-thought-out programs that uh, the Canadian government and B.C. government have put together um, mm-hmm. to bring in um, you know, trained hotel workers from um, other countries. It's uh, something that I had done at some of my previous resorts, and I'm kind of bringing that background here as well. But uh, we've also been doing a lot... Um, working on uh, bringing in uh, refugees from Ukraine. Okay. So we have staff accommodations that uh, we rent various accommodations here in town. Um, the challenge is not for these people to find work. The challenge is for them to find housing. And we've made uh, staff accommodations available, and we've been uh, welcoming people from the Ukraine here at the resort who've been looking to start a new life, uh, to start working, some speak English, some don't, but we've you know, been working on uh, finding ways to make that work. We've already welcomed eight people from Ukraine here to resort in the last month that I've been here, and there's about another four or five on the way, and we'll wow, that is so great. programs like that. Yeah. Yeah. That is so great. You're to be congratulated on that. Uh, that, that is just wonderful news. Uh, well, great to catch up with you, David. I, I know you're busy, but uh, the fall, the winter season, it looks like you're, you've got your hands full uh, and uh, there's going to be no slowdown. It's just going to be a transition into uh, what's next, what's next, and what's next. Well, after the ballroom, we're going to start doing the public areas for the hallways and stairwells. We're already working on some plans and some ideas for the guest rooms, so... We'll probably have to have another conversation about that once we finalize all of that. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, training, Happy to do getting it. the people here, systems, yeah, we're, we're excited. There's a lot that's happening at this resort. Well, yeah, and I can tell you we're planning a big season, too, of uh, radio in the Okanagan, so it'll be always, you know, the watermark has always been one of our home away from homes. Uh, so it's great to hear about all the new changes coming up and uh, some of the new ideas and, and what you'll be uh, working on throughout the winter. And, of course, we tell our listeners uh, to you want to be a part of that, just go to watermarkbeachresort.com and uh, check out what's going on. Get yourself a room for a few days. Go visit some wineries and check out the new restaurant. And, and maybe by then you'll be dining outside in the winter uh, on that new patio. That would be so great. Thanks, David. Very exciting. Thank you. Yeah, great to catch up with you. That was David McBean. He's the general manager of the Watermark Beach Resort in Asoyus. 
Well, that's it for our show this weekend. Uh, we have to go and put our costumes on now. I don't know what Stu's dressing up as, but it could be pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, I'm a funny guy anyway, so I don't know if I'll need a costume. <laughs> Folks, thanks for listening. Eh? Special thanks to our techno producer here in Vancouver, Dwayne Bishop, uh, and to our uh, weekly producer, uh, Sherry Caleb, for all her helping uh, getting the show together. Next week, we've got a couple of guests from the Naramata bench. We'll chat about Harvesting Kelowna and talk about the food and wine scene in Whistler. Till then, for all of us at the show, I'm Anthony Gismondi. Have a great weekend and a week ahead. That's it for today's show. This is BC Food and Wine Radio with Anthony Gismondi.